0: It's Saturday, October 9th, coming to you a little early this week. My weekdays are remarkably busy lately, and so I'm trying to, to free up my Monday, trying to get ahead of the game a little bit, get some work done on the weekend. I actually managed to, because you care about this so much, I actually managed to get the sound right through my mic on the first try today but just so you don't get nostalgic for all my complaining i will say that it has irritated me from day one and always will and no matter how many updates they do for logic pro they never change this that the default setting for the metronome is on i can live with that but you can't change it you can't change it so the default setting is off it's ridiculous. And sure enough, every time I start tracking anything, whether I'm doing demos or doing the podcast, I hit record and there's that click in my ears. Oh, yeah, forgot about that, right? Undo recording, turn it off. It's, it's, if your default is on, that's fine. I don't care, but I should be able to change the default. Enough of that. I was never really a fan of Jon Stewart's Daily Show. And the reason I was not a fan of it was because as far as I could tell it was a it was a political show and so I didn't like that aspect of it. But what I really didn't like was that it masqueraded as a comedy show in order to deflect criticism. For its political takes. So it wasn't first and foremost a comedy show, in my opinion. But it they just shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know why people are getting so upset. This is comedy. So, and I say that because what I want to talk about today may, for some people, fall under that same umbrella. And in fact, that may actually even be objectively true. I'm not really sure. And I'm talking about the Dave Chappelle special, The Closer, which premiered recently on Netflix. And I haven't seen it yet. And I haven't seen it yet on purpose. I like Dave Chappelle for the most part. I, I think he's very funny. And I think he's very good at what he does. But I haven't seen it because before I even knew it existed, I was seeing reviews of it that were, that were very angry and that were taking him to task. And it occurred to me that there were certain things that you could say about those reviews in spite of never having seen what they were reviewing. And I know that seems odd. How do you know they're wrong if you haven't even seen it? And I'm hoping that I can convince you of that. Maybe my argument isn't convincing enough. Maybe, also, I'm wrong. But here are some things I ran across. The first thing was uh, on NPR. This was written by Eric Deggans, who spends a lot of time... I mean, it's a pretty long article on NPR uh, where he's just kind of arguing with Dave Chappelle, which is strange because there is no argument happening. He's just responding to, to what Chappelle was doing in his special. And I find that very, very odd. But not surprisingly, near the end, he says, Chappelle may craft his monologues to make the audience think, but that doesn't mean he necessarily wants much of a dialogue, especially with people who don't like his ideas. Okay, let's repeat that, that second part. That doesn't mean he necessarily wants much of a dialogue, especially with people who don't like his ideas. Then in Vulture, Craig Jenkins says, and again, these these are, I think these first two that I'm quoting from in particular are very long, very long articles. So Craig Jenkins says, how much you enjoy the closer will depend on whether you're able or willing to believe the comic and the human are separate entities and to buy that the human loves us all and the comic is only performing spitefulness for his audience. And then later he says, he doesn't want to make people feel bad, but doesn't accept any grief for when it happens. And the third one I ran across was On Deadline, written by Dominic Patton, who says, Gender is a fact, Chappelle declares in the special, which debuted on the streamer Tuesday. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth, he adds, conspicuously negating C-sections, which make up about a third of all births in America alone. So these uh, are three uh, alleged reviews of The, uh, of Chappelle's special. And, again, I haven't seen what they're referring to. And I've seen at least one Chappelle special that I thought was terrible. Because it wasn't really comedy. It was just him kind of sitting there vaping and talking. And, uh apparently wanting to be taken seriously as a, uh, I don't know what, a monologist or raconteur. I have no idea. I don't know what he was doing or why he was doing it. But I've seen a lot of other uh, specials of his that are very funny and that are uh, really stand-up comedy at its finest. And... What these three reviews all have in common, it seems to me, is that they don't understand what stand-up comedy is, uh, how it works, what it's trying to do, when it is or isn't effective, nothing. What these reviews are doing is kind of pushing back against uh what he's saying and i think they're missing the point again i haven't seen it but the reason i feel comfortable talking about this is because i've seen this happen over and over and over again it happened the last time he did a special which i think was summer of last year again a lot of people were angry in fact the, the one special that I saw that I didn't like uh, left such a bad taste in my mouth, I wasn't planning on watching the new one that came out in, in summer of 20. And the reason I did was because people were so angry about it. I said, okay, I got to see this. And it was great. It was funny. Um, but I, I, there seems to be a complete lack of interest in... Uh, in what he's actually doing. In other words, the, the the people who are reviewing this and the people who are angry about this seem determined to believe that comedy is really just a cover for him espousing these uh, allegedly terrible views. And I would just say, I have not seen that so far from Dave Chappelle. Maybe that that's what he's doing in the closer. Can't say for sure, because again, I haven't seen it yet. I find it really unlikely, though. And stand-up comedy has something in common with theater and with painting and with uh, music, film. Almost all the arts all have one thing in common, which is that they are successful by delivering the familiar in unexpected ways. Or to put it more simply, they work by surprising you. So a good song, for instance, a really good song, works because it does something somehow that is unexpected, but that isn't so unexpected and so off the wall and so out of left field that it's alienating. So it has that quality of being both new and familiar. And the way that works in comedy is by setting up a joke and then delivering a punchline that leads somewhere that the audience didn't expect it to go. And the result is an involuntary laughter It's not a knowing laughter. A knowing laughter is what you'll get at a political convention when a politician tells a lame joke. That's knowing laughter. Knowing laughter, unfortunately, is what you get a lot of the time now at comedy shows as well because so many stand-ups have turned into politicians. And so maybe it shouldn't surprise us that that's what reviewers expect. But as far as I've ever been able to tell from watching uh, Dave Chappelle on TV, his primary goal is to elicit laughter from the audience. So he gets up on stage and does his job. I don't think he gets up on stage with an axe to grind. I think he is more concerned with making people laugh than anything else. So, if you think about it in that way, a comedian crafts material in such a way so as to elicit laughter. He goes on stage alone, and much scarier than going out with a band backing you up and a lot of noise. Goes out there alone, goes out there in a, a format which, unlike every other form of performing that I'm aware of, um, allows for and tolerates hecklers. So it goes out there, has to stand there with nothing but a mic and contend with the possibility of being completely thrown off his rhythm uh by a drunk idiot. It's a pretty brave thing to do, and you have to be pretty disciplined, I would think, to be able to do it well. So there has to be a lot of preparation that goes into it. You've got to be, to go out and do what he does, you've got to be really, really good at your job, and you've got to take it seriously. If you were to go out, I think, and just... Uh, blather on about whatever was on your mind, sort of like I do here on the podcast, uh, you would probably end up with about as many listeners as I have from this podcast. So let's go back to NPR Eric Deggins. Chappelle may craft his monologues to make the audience think. He may, he may not. How would you know? But that doesn't mean he necessarily wants much of a dialogue, especially with people who don't like his ideas. Of course he doesn't want a dialogue. A stand-up comedy act is not a dialogue. By definition, it's a monologue. That is the, the most bizarre uh, accusation I can think of. He's not looking for a dialogue. There's no reason there should be a dialogue. What do you, what do you want? A comedy act where Dave Chappelle goes up and he's on one side of the stage making jokes and then somebody else is on the other side of the stage pushing back and challenging his jokes? Yeah, that would be exciting. Who wouldn't pay money for that? Eric Deggins. And again, Craig Jenkins, going back to his quote, how much you enjoy The Closer will depend on whether you're able or willing to believe the comic and the human are separate entities and to buy that the human loves us all and the comic is only performing spitefulness for his audience. Um, I, I would be willing to bet that that is not Dave Chappelle's characterization. Uh, but, uh, and I sort of resent the idea that somebody would come out and assume that that would be mine, right? Because the assumption here is this is what I think about this, and clearly this is what all the rest of you reading this would think about this. But the comic and the human are separate entities to some extent. Of course they're the same person, but Dave Chappelle sitting around in his living room with friends having a nice evening together is not going to be Dave Chappelle on stage, I mean, I suppose you could argue that when we interact with people, we're all performing to some extent. That's certainly true. But there's a big difference between the performing that goes on in social interactions and the performing that goes on in front of a stage, or in front of a crowd, rather, on stage. So uh, whether I'm able or willing to believe the comic and the human are separate entities— I think you'd have to be from another planet to not believe that. It's clearly the case. When Tom Cruise plays the dude from Mission Impossible, he doesn't then go home and, like, repel off towers and, and shoot bad guys. It's a performance. Th- this is really what disturbs me the most about these kind of criticisms is Ultimately, they don't understand performance. They don't understand art. They don't understand what they're criticizing. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't elements to criticize in Dave Chappelle's show. I'm not even saying that certain jokes that he may tell are not uh, up for critique. Certainly they are. What I'm saying is you, you... don't gain a lot of credibility in my eyes when you clearly demonstrate that you don't understand what on earth is being done by the person you're criticizing. He doesn't want to make people feel bad, continues Craig Jenkins, but doesn't accept any grief for it when it happens. And why should he? And why should he? If you create any art, you're going to offend somebody. And I think in in the world of Craig Jenkins and these other reviewers and a lot of people, that's perfectly fine as long as you're offending the right people. The issue here isn't, oh, he made people feel bad and doesn't want to take any shit for it. The issue is, he made people feel bad that he shouldn't have made feel bad. I'm quite sure that Craig Jenkins has plenty of targets in mind that would be fine fodder for Dave Chappelle and other comedians. Unfortunately, Craig Jenkins isn't Dave Chappelle's manager, isn't his writer, and has no say over the matter. The audience has a say. Imagine that. There's very, very little in any of these reviews about the audience reaction to Chappelle's act, which I find interesting. Let's go back to Dominic Patton. Gender is a fact, Chappelle declares in the special, which debuted on the streamer Tuesday. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. Okay, that right there is a joke. Okay, might not find it funny. But he says gender is a fact. Here's my proof. Y'all had to pass through. I don't mean y'all. I know it came out that way. I meant you all. You all, all of us, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. And Dominic Patton says he conspicuously negates C-sections, which make up about a third of all births in America alone, because who doesn't want uh, pedantic comments like that in their comedy? I mean, are you suggesting, I wonder... that that Dave Chappelle isn't aware of C-sections? He's never heard of one? It's a complete mystery to him. He thinks all births take place or occur through the vagina. Nobody's ever told the poor guy about C-sections. It doesn't seem to occur to this guy that he might omit such a pedantic fact because to include it would destroy the joke. I mean, what, is the, what is the argument? That a man can give birth because a man can have a C-section? So one of the things I ran across in, I believe it was in the Deadline article, was uh, some tweets from a trans woman named Jacqueline Moore, who is the showrunner for a show called Dear White People, which is on Netflix. A showrunner, if you don't know, is like the boss of the whole show. So on Twitter, she said, I will not work with them, meaning Netflix, as long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerously transphobic content. This is is, when you see this word dangerous sirens and flashing red lights should go off. When anybody ever tells you that content or speech is dangerous, don't believe it. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, it will not be true. But if you say, this is dangerous, then you're going from the realm of mere speech into physical harm or potential physical harm. So, Let's look at this again. I will not work with Netflix as long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerously transphobic content. So number one, I'm done. I'm not working uh, for you anymore as long as you keep doing this. In other words, it's him or me. It's him or me. You want to keep putting out Chappelle stuff? I'm out of here. Important to remember in a couple minutes, I'll explain why. Blatantly, if it's blatant, that means we can all see it. So it's it's blatantly transphobic content. Again, I haven't seen I haven't seen the uh, special. Uh, I doubt very much that that's true, based on the same sort of thing we were hearing the last time he did a special. Might be true, kind of doubt it's blatant to the point where the majority of people would agree that it's very obviously transphobic and dangerously transphobic content. So Chappelle's special is not only blatantly transphobic, it's dangerously transphobic. It is going to put trans people in danger. How that works, I don't know but it's going to put trans people in danger. The most common thing we hear is that trans kids will commit suicide. And I tell you, if you're going to commit suicide over something somebody said on a comedy special, you were probably going to do it for any number of reasons anyway. I don't think anybody in the history of the world has ever killed themselves because of a, an offensive joke. I don't buy it. And there's a long history of people trying to shut other people up by saying they're, they're, they're dangerous. They're dangerous radicals. They said it about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. You know, these people had to be stopped. So when, whenever you hear that something is dangerous, be very, very, very skeptical. So, in the course of looking up who Jacqueline Moore was, because I wanted to know what she does on this show, Dear White People, the Deadline article doesn't make it clear. Found out she's the showrunner. I found this out from a Newsweek article on her, which came out after she made these comments on Twitter about Dave Chappelle's special. Now listen to this. Moore also noted that, she's not in favor of quote-unquote canceling Chappelle or even censoring him. She also said that she doesn't necessarily think Netflix should pull his specials. Rather, Moore said she was upset that since the closer didn't air live, the fact that the company saw the transphobic material in pre-recorded form and decided to keep it was problematic. Don't you love that word? If you haven't uh, bought the Screeching Weasel record Some Freaks of Atavism, please do. There's a song called Problematic on there. I love these little buzzwords because they tell you exactly what the person thinks. These buzzwords, problematic. Black bodies and brown bodies. That's another one. Boy, you know what you're getting into when you see these these phrases. So, she doesn't want to cancel Chappelle or even censor him. She doesn't even think Netflix should pull his specials. And yet, From Twitter, I will not work with them as long as they continue to put out and profit from blatantly and dangerously transphobic content. Huh. Huh. Because that sounds like a threat. That sounds like you want them to stop working with him. That sounds like you want him canceled, at least by Netflix. Now, listen, Twitter brings out the worst in people. It has brought out the worst in me in the past. I get that. That's why I stopped doing it. The only thing I post on Twitter now is when my band is selling something. Occasionally, I'll respond to fans, especially the haters, because haters are going to hate, and it's important to me that they know they're loved. But, so maybe she didn't mean it. Maybe she wants to walk that back. But it sounds an awful lot like what you hear from people who are trying to cancel people, which is, I'm not trying to cancel anybody. I'm just trying to hold people accountable. hmm Which is another word for trying to cancel people. I don't care if you're the showrunner for a popular show on Netflix. I assume it's a popular show. You don't get to tell them what they can and can't put on their network, or whatever the hell you call it, their streaming service the fact that the company saw the transphobic material see we notice how that's put out there that is an undisputed fact it's transphobic right not allegedly transphobic or not in this person's view transphobic it's transphobic period there's no argument about that right that's settled according to newsweek so the fact that the company saw the transphobic material in pre-recorded form and decided to keep it was problematic fuck you. Fuck you and the fucking horse you rode in on. Fuck you. You don't get to tell people any more than the fucking moral majority and Jerry Falwell got to tell people what rock music they couldn't, couldn't listen to back in the 80s or what movies they couldn't, couldn't watch. Fuck you. You're no different. You don't get to decide. The audience decides. If you don't like it, don't watch it. I doubt I'd even have noticed. Dave Chappelle hadn't... No- I'm never on Netflix. I wouldn't even noticed it. I'm going to watch it because of idiots like you who can't shut up about it. Ignore it if you don't like it. Ignore it. Do not presume to decide what I can and can't watch. Do not presume to decide what I, little nobody in Wisconsin, or what big company Netflix can put out there for public consumption. It's not your choice. You have a show. It's your decision what to put on your show and what not to put on your show. That's your little fucking fiefdom. That's your world. You're the showrunner. You're the boss, you decide everything. But that's not enough for you. You wanna decide for everybody else too, which is why I say, fuck you. I am sick of this. It is not about the issue. It's not about trans or gay or black and white. It's not about anything except power and control. People deciding what you should be able to watch. I don't think necessarily think Netflix should pull a specials, right? If they don't, they're going to lose your fucking show. But hey, and you know what? It's not reasonable. It is not reasonable. It's not reasonable for a band to be on a record label and to say, no, no, no I'm going to leave the record label. If you sign this band, if you want to leave, leave. If it offends you, leave but it's not reasonable for you to try to force the label's hand. Does that distinction make sense to you? If you want to leave because you were offended by Netflix putting out this special, by all means, leave. I've got no qualms with that, but that's not what you're doing. You're engaging in a power play. You are trying to win this battle of wills. You're trying to say, me and my show have to be deemed more important and more worthwhile by Netflix than Dave Chappelle, or else I'm going to throw a tantrum and take my fucking ball and go home. That's what I don't like. It's un-American. It's un-American. One of the greatest things about this country is our First Amendment. And I don't mean... Only the First Amendment in constitutional terms. I mean the attitude behind it. I mean the values behind it. And those values are deeply embedded in our culture, or they were. We're beginning to lose them. And it's been terrible. It's been terrible for art. It's been terrible for music. It's been terrible for film, for theater. Theater's a joke and has been for decades. There's so much you can't do because it offends people. And it's been god-awful for comedy. Comedians don't, for the most part, go out and try to get laughter. They go out and try to get applause. That's what made the great, recently deceased uh, Norm MacDonald such a genius. He was going for laughs, not applause. Applause is easy. You just say what people want to hear. Laughter's hard. You say what people don't expect to hear. I don't like seeing art negated and stomped on and, uh, and given short shrift. And I especially don't like, I mean, you're a showrunner. You're a creative person. This is what kills me about so much of this. The, the most uh, egregious offenders, the ones who seem to just thrill in censoring others or in, or in keeping others down or shutting others up, are so often these days people in the creative arts. What happened to us? We lost our minds. And as always... We're absolutely sure it's never going to happen to us. But you'll find, just like so many baby boomers found, younger generations come around and they find you're, you're not quite politically correct enough for them. And they find reasons to cancel you. And you're oh, they're always shocked, aren't they? They can't believe it. How could that happen to them? They're good people. How could that happen to them? If you're going to criticize... Something, you have to understand first what you're criticizing. And I'm afraid that we are culturally and artistically all but illiterate in this country now. And it makes it hard when you're trying to do something of quality. It's hard enough in the first place to go out there and create art. There's no need to make it harder by attacking your fellow artists for not being politically correct enough. And I'll just close by saying something that I've wanted to say to almost every person I've ever seen on talking about something on Twitter, which is, believe it or not, when an issue comes up, you don't necessarily have to Take one side or the other. There's another option. And it's the option, actually, that most people should take most of the time. And that option is shut the fuck up. You don't have to have a fucking opinion on everything. And even if you do, you don't have to express that opinion publicly on everything. As always, I've enjoyed my time with you. I have not looked at my time, but it's probably uh, ridiculously long. Yeah, I mean, we're at 35 minutes right now. That is just... I'm sorry, but you know what? I, I'm not sorry, because I get on this subject, and it makes me a little bit crazy, but it's for good reason, because it matters, And it doesn't just matter to me uh, personally. It matters for what I'm trying to teach my kids. It matters for what I hope all young people uh, can learn about art. Because if you can't turn to art, of all things in the world, if you can't turn to art with the idea that it can be anything, and that you can do anything. And the only limits that will be put on your expression of what you're trying to express are the limits that you put on yourself. If you can't turn to it with that attitude, you will not ever, ever make great art. It's impossible. And I don't know about you, but I want great art. So, as you know, I always end this by telling you I love you very much. And I do. I still do. But at least this week, I want to end a little bit differently. Because I saw a great quote from Matt LaFleur, who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Go, Pat, go. They're playing in Cincinnati tomorrow. Noon game. First noon game of the year. And uh, somebody, I guess, in the press corps had asked Matt LaFleur about that. Well, you know, this is the first noon game of the year. I'm like, I don't know. How are the players going to be prepared or whatever? And he says, uh, and I quote, They got to wake up with their piss hot. I love it. I love it. So this is your Monday podcast, even though it's Saturday. And until next Monday or whenever I do another podcast, just do me a favor. Wake up with your piss hot. So long.